just going to jump into the word uh, this evening and I'm just going to share with you. We started last week on this concept that I have titled faith or filter, faith or filter. And we're going to be looking in Colossians. Now, here's what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be walking verse by verse, passage by passage through that small book of Colossians. And we're going to be talking, we're going to start that in just a little bit tonight in chapter 1. And then we're just going to move forward. So over the next couple of weeks, we're just going to be spending some time in the book of Colossians. And so uh, you can be preparing as we go along to be a part of that study. Because Colossians shares with us uh, during its chapters about filters that we have to be careful to not live life through. And we'll talk more about that as we get there. But the concept that I just want us to consider as we walk through this, and like I said, we started last week, is are we living by faith or are we living through filters? And I've heard people say, you know, we we live through the filter of faith, through the lens of faith. And I understand that concept. I've even said that myself. But it hit me in my time of study and in preparation time that really living in faith is not a filter. Faith is truth. And so the concept that, that we begin to look at is, is the question, are you living your life through faith or through a filter? And if you remember last week, I talked to you about uh, filters hide reality often. When, when you think of photography and you think of filters, a, a good photographer will go in and they will filter things so that they look better. They will hide some flaws, some realities. We live in a, a very social world and a very social media world. And the big thing right now uh, is with all the selfies, we live in a selfie world. And, and the big thing now is... Uh, the filters uh, that are on everything, and and I don't I don't know if you've ever noticed, but oftentimes, if if a picture is taken of us, we look a whole lot different than when we take our own pictures and put them online because one is without filters and the other often has some filters with it, and so filters will hide things. They will they they will determine what remains. So you get to determine if if a filter is involved. Um, you w- w- you get to determine what is uh, remains on that on that picture, and then a filter will reshape edges. It, it will kind of blur some edges or smooth out some edges, and take away from just some of the reality. And and as I begin to think about that, do you know a lot of times we want to live our lives through filters. We want to live our life through filters that will hide reality or that will determine what remains to where all we focus on is what, what we see remaining. And, and then maybe we want to use a filter of life to reshape the edges to where we don't have to, we try to avoid hard things that seem to reside at the edges of our life. Hard conversations. Our country is in the midst of some very hard conversations and some very hard moments right now and if we're not careful we'll just want to live in a bubble in a filter and and just kind of keep everything else out but that's not what faith is living by faith is not living with a filter it is living in truth and so there's a difference there and Colossians will really lay this out for us 
I, I told you last week that if your filter is politics, your truth will be all about gaining power and control. Because if that's the filter you live life through, then the truth that you're going to live in is going to be about power and control. If your filter you live life with is, is a victim filter because you've been, something's been done to you, that something that you've been done wrong. And so if we're not, if, and, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying, that's a very real thing. And when you've been through those things, that's a filter that, that begins to, you begin to filter everything through that hurt and through that, that, that attack that was upon you. But if that's the filter you live your life through, then the truth that you're going to see is always going to be offense. And oppression, because that's the filter that you're seeing life through. If, if your filter is flesh, then your truth is always going to be temporary and selfish, because it's always going to be about yourself. So if you live your life through your flesh, that's a filter. And so the truth that you find is always going to be a temporary truth and something that's more selfish, something that is more pleasing to you. If your filter is money, then the truth you're going to live life through is going to all be about acquisition and power okay because the filter of your life is all about what money can buy for you and if your filter is the wisdom of man then your truth is going to be baseless and on shaky foundation and you're going to get a lot of self-righteousness so we need to understand how to live our life through faith and not through filters so let's let's just look at this a little bit the word is not a filter, the word is truth. So when I talk about faith, I'm talking about living your life according to the word, living your life by Jesus Christ, living your life by faith in Him. And what we discover about Christ and about the word of God is it is truth. John 14 and 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the way, I am the truth. He is truth. In fact, in John chapter 8, I'm not going to go back there, but in John chapter 8, he tells us that the truth will set you free. It frees you. The truth that you know, the truth that you live your life by will bring freedom into your life. And so what we're going to find as we walk through Colossians, and I was going to start, just pick up at Colossians 2 and walk from there, but the Lord just directed me back to Colossians chapter number 1 to walk through that because I believe... I wanted to pick up where the filters start. And the Lord, I believe, directed me to pick this up and go verse by verse where faith starts. Okay, so if we're going to study faith versus filters, we're going to need to start with faith. And then we'll be able to see the filters. And so that's what we're going to begin doing just a little bit tonight. Now, I want to take you somewhere, though, before we go there. And this is, this is a part of the study. So turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to 2 Kings... Chapter 18, 2 Kings chapter 18, and I'm going to be reading the first eight verses. I, I don't know how you devotionally read. Okay, when I read the Word, I, I do a lot of devotional reading in the Word. I do a lot of study in the Word, being a pastor, and that's what I do, and that's who I am. So granted, I, I have a lot more, part of my job description is digging into the Word, so I understand that. But my devotional time of reading... I, I read through the Bible repeatedly. And so I, I read it from cover to cover. I'll do it differently at different times. I read it cover to cover, and then when I finish, I do it again. And then I do it again. And then I do it again. Because in my devotional time, 
I just feel my, try to fill my life with the Word and let the Lord speak to me. Well, this time in my reading, I, I have been reading through a chronological Bible. I've done this before, but I, I've been reading through the chronological Bible that kind of takes you more on the chronological. It's a great way to read the Bible. If you've never done that, I encourage you to do it. It's pretty, especially in the Old Testament. It, it really will change the Old Testament for you if you'll begin to read chronologically. And just uh, throw that out there. But right now, over the last little bit, I've been in, uh, the last couple of days, I've been reading about the kings of Israel and the kings of, of, of Judah. And I'm in, the, I'm in the divided kingdom. You know, we've already been through David, and I've already read through Solomon, and, and the divided kingdom now is where I've been. And so, 2 Kings 18 was some of my reading uh, that I was involved in, and this jumped out at me. How many of you remember hearing of King Hezekiah? King Hezekiah, okay? If you don't know King Hezekiah, or know of him, you need to go read about King Hezekiah. In fact, King Hezekiah, and you'll see this in just a few moments, this, he lived in a divided time. He lived and reigned, ruled in a time where wickedness was all around him and division. I mean, the, the people of Israel and the people of, of, of uh, Judah were on the march to captivity. Okay, he comes in in a really bad time. And what you'll notice as you go through the kings, the divided kingdom, you'll notice that most of them were wicked. Most of them, especially the kings of Israel. Almost every one of them uh, in the divided kingdom were wicked. And the kings of Judah, there would be some, and you would read things like, well, they, they did good in the sight of the Lord, except they did not tear down the the worship of false gods and the temples that had been built up and all of those type of things. And so you're reading this. And so you're, I know you're probably saying, Pastor, what in the world are you going on into all this for? Because I'm, I'm going I'm to show you. So 2 Kings chapter 18, Hezekiah, here's what it says. Let me just read it and then I'll, then I'll tell you. Hezekiah, 2 Kings 18 verse 1. Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, and this I'm reading in the New Living Translation began to rule over Judah in the third year of King Hosea's reign in Israel. So in the third year that Hosea was reigning in Israel's king, Hezekiah comes up as the king of Judah. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Just as his ancestor David had done. Now something you need to recognize is he is long past David. He's many, many kings removed from David. Okay? Where most of the time the scripture will say that this king did what their father did. It followed in the footsteps of what their father. But this, not Hezekiah. Hezekiah, because he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. He removed the pagan shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars. He cut down the Asherah poles. He broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had been offering sacrifices to it. The bronze serpent was called Nehushtan. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, 
There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before or after his time. I'm going to come back to that. He remained faithful to the Lord in everything, and he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given Moses. So the Lord was with him. Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. He revolted against the king of Assyria and refused to pay him tribute. He also conquered the Philistines as far as distant as, as far distant as Gaza and its territory, from their smallest outpost to their largest walled city. Now look, go back to verse 5. He trusted in the Lord. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before or after his time. There was no one like him. No other king was like him. In fact, if we really want to boil it down, what I seem to see in this is outside of David, and, and you might could even, he might could have even rivaled David, except the promise came through David. But Hezekiah was the most right king outside of David that the people of God had ever had. More right than Solomon. Solomon was a great king, but Solomon fell into. Uh, with his concubines and his many wives, and he allowed false god worship and those type of things. But Hezekiah did something different than all of them. Now, I just, I, I'm bringing this up because this is in tune with my study tonight. Because Hezekiah made a decision. He's a 25-year-old man. When he comes into his rule, he makes a decision. He decides that he is going to live by faith in God, and not by the filters of all of the other kings. Now, that's important. Now, it, it's not going to change the entire trajectory. There, the people of God, children of Israel and the, and the children of Judah now, the divided kingdom, they are going to go into captivity. But Hezekiah steps up in a tumultuous tumultuous time, in a difficult moment, in a moment of chaos, in a moment of division, in a moment where everybody is trying to get him to just live by the filters that everybody else is living by, and he steps up and he says, no, we are going to live and walk by faith. We're going to go to the law of God. He rebuilds the temple or he resets up worship in the temple. He, you'll find that as you read through the history of Hezekiah. He makes a decision. I want you to notice some words that are associated with King Hezekiah. He did what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. So what does he do? Here, I'm going to take these words straight from the New Living Translation. I'm just going to highlight them for you. And I read them to you, but now I'm just going to highlight them. Here's what he did. He lived pleasing to the Lord. Just as his ancestor David had done. But look what made him pleasing to the Lord. Watch this. He removed pagan shrines. He smashed sacred pillars that were false god worship. He cut down Asherah poles. That's again false god worship. So he removed, he smashed, he cut down. He broke up the bronze serpent. Moses had made, do you all remember the story, the bronze serpent where the, uh, the snakes are going? To, it's a, a, a curse that has fallen on God's people and they're being bitten by snakes and dying. And, and a bronze serpent is held up 
and, and they are healed as long as they look to that serpent. Well, what had happened was after that, the people of Israel had begun to make that a god and were worshiping it. So Hezekiah broke it up because the people of Israel had offered sacrifices to it. Okay, And then it says, here's what else he did. Here's the positive things. He trusted in the Lord. He remained faithful in everything he did. He carefully obeyed the commands of the Lord. He was then successful in what he put his hands to do. Then again, on the negative side, he revolted against the king of Assyria. He refused to pay tribute to the enemy. And then he conquered the Philistines. Now, I want you to catch this because I think this is important. And I think in the moment we are living, the church needs to hear this message And I think this is a word that the Lord wants to drive home to believers and to the church. Because right now, we have to make a choice. We are living in a time of chaos. A time of division. We are living in a time where anger is on the rise. And hatred is rearing its head. We are living in a time where the divisive nature of man is being seen like never before. Even when people try to speak out that are attempting to speak out in right ways, if they say the wrong thing, they're being canceled out because they said, trying to say the right thing, they said it the wrong way. We're living in a time that is crazy. And we have to make a choice. Will we live by the filters that people expect us to live by, the filters the world lives by, the filters that have been set before us, or will we choose faith? Will we choose to stand for God's Word? And the way we're going to determine how we are living our life, you can apply those words that applied to Hezekiah. Are you willing to remove the things that are not of God? Are you willing to smash things that smash them down, meaning destroy them out of your life? Are you willing to cut down the things that have been lifted up? Are you willing to break up the things that have come between your faith and God? This is how you're going to know. Are you living by filters or are you living by faith? Are you trusting God? Will you remain faithful? Will you carefully obey? Because that will make you successful. So in my devotional time, I was reading that and all of a sudden the Lord just highlighted that to me. And said, I am looking for Hezekiahs in this moment. Men and women. Who will rise up and will say, we will not live by expected filters. Do you know the world is trying to press their filters upon us? You have to see everything this way. You have to do everything that way. You have to see this and you have to believe that. No, we must be people of the word. We must be people of love. We must be people of compassion. We must not let anger and resentment and bitterness drive us. We are not people that are driven by emotion. We are not people that are driven by sight. We must live by faith. Can, any, can somebody say amen? Amen. See, that, that's, we have to choose. Will we live by filters or will we live by faith? I, I believe God's calling. I believe this is our moment to step up. I believe this is our moment to step up and live by faith and show the world what living by faith looks like. Standing up for the what is 
for what is righteous. Standing up for those that are being oppressed. Do you know the church has always been called to stand with those that are pushed down and set aside and knocked down. We, we have always been for those that are the outcasts and those that are the downtrodden. That's what the gospel is for. And so we must stand. But we must stand first and foremost upon the word of God. And so I, I just hope that, that you will hear that. I hope maybe you can go and study. Go, I just want to challenge you. Go and study King Hezekiah. You'll find him there in 2 Kings chapter 18. You'll find it again in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 29. You'll pick up some more of King Hezekiah. So go study him. Because I believe God's calling us to that. In the moment of chaos and division, God is looking for those that will stand up. Now. Let's go to Colossians and let's let's jump into this because um, this is where I really want to go tonight for just a little bit. And we're just going to walk through this together. OK, Colossians chapter one, verse one. This letter is from Paul. And I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. Okay, now we pick this up. We always pray for you. And we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. Okay, let's, let's talk about what this is saying because this is faith that we are to live by. This first chapter of Colossians, this is the faith that we are going to rally our life around, center our life around. Okay, filters are going to come later. Chapter 2 and 3, we're going to read about filters. This is faith. Okay, will you live by faith or filters? Well, look what he says here, verses 3 through 5. He says that we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Notice when you live by faith, you love God's people. Let me ask you a question. Who are God's people? Just want you to think for just a little bit. Go ahead. Anybody have an answer for me sitting out here? Who are God's people? Now, obviously, he's talking about the church. He's talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. But even bigger than that, all are God's people. He has created all. Now, now all, many, and maybe you could even say most, have rejected him. But they are God's people. Remember when, remember when they, they asked Jesus, you know, uh, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love your neighbor, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And then they began to ask him, well, who is my neighbor? Because they're trying to look for a loophole. Well, maybe I just got to love God, church people. Maybe I just got to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and your neighbor is anyone you find in need. God's people. Now, then it carries the connotation of the church. They had a love for God's church. They had a love for, but it's bigger than that. They had a love for people. All people are image bearers of God because the life, 
that has been given to all people comes from one source. And that source is God. He is the life giver. And so therefore, when we live by faith in Jesus Christ, when our faith is established in Christ, we will love people. Jesus loved all people. They were all God's people. In fact, the word says, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, everybody, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. So, Jesus loved. He came and He ate with sinners. And He walked with people that were rejected by the righteous people of the day. He, he lived among them and walked among them, sharing the love of the Father, the message of the gospel. And so Paul's writing to the church at Colossae, and he said, Hey, we commend you, for we have heard of your faith in Christ and your love for God's people. So we should be people. If we're living by faith, we should be people that are driven by love. Amen. Not driven by Political platforms. Not driven by our personal opinions. Amen. Driven by love. Amen. That's what the church is called to do. That's what living by faith is all about. Because living by faith means there will be times you will be opposed by the world. But you still must be driven by love. Amen. So, if we're going to be people of faith, driven by love, where does that come from? He tells us. I read it to you. We've heard of your faith. And then in verse verse number 5, he says here, which come. You see that? So, here's where it's going to come from. So if, if you're living by faith and not filters, you're driven by love, and that's going to come from somewhere. It comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. So here's how they could choose to live by faith and not by filters of their world. Here's how they could choose to be driven by love. It came by their confidence, their confident hope of what God had reserved for them in heaven. If we can hear this, this this will be life-changing. Living by faith is placing your confidence not in what's in this world, not in what you receive in this world, not in what you pursue in this world. You live by faith and you are driven by love whenever your confidence is in what God has reserved for you for eternity. Do you see a different perspective there? That changes your perspective. We do not live with an earthly perspective. We live with a confident hope of what's reserved for us in heaven. Eternal life. Eternal salvation with the Lord. Our faith and hope comes from confident expectation of what awaits us in heaven. Amen. That's the only way. That's the only way you're going to be able to live life through faith and not through filters. Is if you keep your focus on heaven. On Christ. 
looking to Jesus. Is that not what the word says? Hebrews chapter 12. The author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, right? Setting your minds on things above. We're going to read that a little bit later in Colossians. Setting your minds on things that are above. Where Christ is. That when he returns you will be like him. That's what we have to be driven by. Driven by love for people. And a confident hope. in this is not our home. This is not the end result. This is not what we are striving for. How often do we as people of faith. Live our life like this is what matters the most. Like this world. That's a, so often we live our life as if this world is what matters the most. Well, I need to have my way on this world. I want my blessings on this earth. I want, I want everything to work out in my favor on earth. I want everything to go my way on earth. Well, then you're living through a filter. You're not living by faith. How many know if Paul would have lived with that mindset, Paul would have been a miserable person? Right? Because, because everywhere he went, look what happened to him. He's preaching the gospel. He is taking the gospel message of Christ and grace given to Jews and Gentiles, the world. He's taking that message to the world. And everywhere he goes, he's beaten. He's thrown into jail. He faces opposition. He goes through hardship. He goes through trials. He goes through difficulties. He's been shipwrecked. He gets bit by snakes. He gets opposed at everywhere he goes. I mean, every, if he was living with an earthly perspective, living through a worldly filter, he would have been miserable. But he was not living that way. He lived by faith because he was confidently hopeful. Of what was reserved for him in heaven. And when it came to the very end. He writes to Timothy. And he says. I have finished my race. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the I have kept the faith. And now. There is laid up for me. Right? A crown of righteousness. A treasure in heaven. Amen. He kept that perspective. And so if we're going to live by faith, we got to keep that perspective. That's that's first of all. That's what that's living by faith. That's choosing faith. Choose your perspective. Okay? If you're going to live by faith in Christ, live by faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Hebrews 11:1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. So choose to live by faith, not by filters. Okay? Now, let's read on a little bit more. Verse number 6. It says, This same good news, the, the same good news that came to them, this same good news, that was the good news of Jesus Christ, that now you come to Him, faith in Him, Grace extended to you, the same good news, and now is reserved for you this reward in heaven. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras. 
our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. Look what he says. So here, here's what he says. He said, this same good news that, that you received is going out all over the world. The good news of grace and the, and the finished work of Christ. And what does it do? This good news changes lives. That's what he said. So when he said, just as it changed your life from the very first day you heard it. So if you're living by faith, you're loving people, and your life is changing. You see that? This is faith. Faith in Christ. Faith in the finished work that He accomplished at Calvary. Faith in grace being bestowed. Faith that now once you believe Jesus is your Savior and you confess to Him, you give Him your life, you are now placed as a citizen in the heavenly kingdom. Your reward awaits you. And now, while walking on this earth, by faith, you love people, God's people, the the image bearers of God, You love them and your life here changes. Man, if you live by faith, your life will change. If if your life is not changing, you're living through a filter. Because faith changes lifestyle. Let's look at it again. Maybe we missed it. He said in verse 6, This good news is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. That's what the good news does. That's what the gospel does. It changes lives. Come on now. Do you know we live in a church world now that that so often we don't see life change? Why is that? Maybe it is because we have presented the gospel through filters. Rather than by faith. Because faith changes lifestyles. He said that's what happens all over the world. Not just in certain areas. All over the world. The same way it did for you, he said, church at Colossae. The whole reason you can love other people is because the Holy Spirit is changing you. If we are not allowing the good news of the gospel by faith to change our life, the Holy Spirit cannot teach us to love others. Do you you see that? Just read verses 6 through 8 on your own. That's That's what he says. He said, you learned about the good news from Epaphras. He commends Epaphras for that. And then he says in verse number 8, Because he told us about your love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So they, they didn't naturally have this. Come on now. Are y'all, did, y'all, did y'all see that? I'm not, I'm not sure y'all. We saw that. If you're online, I'm not sure you saw that. It, it wasn't a natural thing. True love for others is not a natural trait of man. This is the natural trait. That's right. Division. Bias. Because it, it's all we're all raised with it. We all have bias of some sort. In the natural, every one of us. We're, we're raised in certain ways. And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about racism. We're all biased. 
we all bring our own bias into situations. Our own understanding. That's the natural state of man. And whoever we follow or whatever we've been brought up in, that's the bias we see life through. That's the filter the natural man lives through. Come on, come on now. That's the filter. But the good news of the gospel brings a change to that. That no longer do we live through that filter, but now we live by faith that produces love and all good fruit comes from that. The fruit of the Spirit, if you go, if you go look it up, and some theologians will, will even bring this out, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, and then some will say, and all of those other things signify love. Now, I believe they, it produces all of those things. But love is the chief thing. Okay, so it, there's a change that comes over us. That now we don't live through our filter. We live through faith that produces something. It produces love and it produces a life change. And then the Holy Spirit is able to lead us to love other people. It wasn't natural for them. It was the Spirit that led them to that. Because look, in the very last part of verse number 8, that the the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given to you. you. You see that? Who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. That's what the New King James says. Your love in the Spirit. And so there's a life change that occurs when we live by faith. And it, and it is now we're directed by love. And, and the gifts, the fruit of the Spirit come alive in our life by the Spirit. Okay, there's change that occurs in us. If there's no change, we're probably living through our old filter. Amen. Now let's look at verse 9. And I'm, I'm watching my time because we're just going to go to our time and then we'll pick it up again next week. Verse number 9. So we have not stopped praying for you. Amen. Since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will. Okay? So it's not, now hear me, it's not enough to just receive the gospel, have faith in Jesus, and love others. There's some other changes that need to occur when we're living by faith. So he said, so we pray for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you. They don't already have it. He's asking them. Now, they, they already have love. They, they, they've already heard about that. But now he's praying for them that the Lord would give them complete knowledge of his will. And to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live... Watch this. We'll always honor and please the Lord. The way you live. If you read this, this destroys the doctrine of some in the church that say, Oh, we're just, we're just sinful people. And you just got to sin a little bit all the time. And that, the Lord doesn't expect you to not do that. That's not, that's not what I read here. He, he, let, let's look at it again. He'll give you complete knowledge of His will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the, then the way you live 
will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. You see that? New King James. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's our prayer. That's, that's what He's wanting to see happen in our lives. If you live by faith, this is what can occur. Amen. Let's read on for just a little bit. Verse number um, Let's keep going. Please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. I love the way the New Living Translation puts this in here. You will begin to know God better and better. The New King James, it's translated increasing in the knowledge of God. That sounds really good, but the New Living really just lays it out when he says, and you will learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all of His glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience that you need. Amen. Okay. May you be filled with joy. I'm going to read a couple more verses. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. He wants us now to live. If we live by faith, He's praying that we will now have complete knowledge of the will of God, spiritual wisdom and understanding of His will, and that will cause us to live pleasing to Him. And living by faith, you're going to need endurance and you're going to need patience. Amen. How many know that we need some endurance? And we need patience. If we're living by faith, we need endurance. Let me tell you, we need endurance right now. Your pastor needs endurance right now. These are difficult times. That with all this odd stuff that we're having to do to have church. And church online and church on site. And trying to figure out what's the safest way to have church. And trying to figure out how we can do this. And how we can open. I, I just got to be real honest to you. I'm wore out. And you might say, well, wow, you're not doing all that much. I'm, it's, a, it's a mental thing. And, and I've got to have endurance. And we've got to learn patience. But if I'm going to live by faith and not by filters, then I've got to continue to press in knowing that the Lord then will give me endurance as needed and will give me patience. Amen. And here's why. Here's what our focus is to help us with endurance and patience. Okay, do you remember what our, what our focus was uh, to help us live by faith and to love other people? Our focus was what's reserved for us in heaven. But here's what our focus is to help us have complete knowledge, spiritual wisdom, endurance, and patience. We must always remember Christ has rescued us from darkness. And He has transferred us. Into the kingdom of the Son. Amen. We have been rescued from darkness. 
Here's what the New King James says. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. See, if I realize that I have been delivered from this kingdom of darkness and I have been transferred into the kingdom of His Son, the kingdom of light, then I can lean upon Him and He will give me endurance and He will give me patience. I can find His will, and by living according to His will, I can be pleasing to Him. My life can change, and I can grow into knowing Him more and more and more. Amen. This is all living by faith and not filters. Okay? Now let's look at verse 15. This all right? I'm going to give you a couple more minutes here. Verses 15 through 20. Here's what it says in the New Living Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for him, can I, can I say something real controversial? Nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing. No authority rising up takes God by surprise. No wickedness takes God by surprise. Christ is over all. Christ is through all. Christ is above all. He is supreme. Amen. He existed before anything else and He holds all creation together. And then verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the being beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. He is the first in everything. For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Think about that. And through Him, God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. You can read it in other translations, and it's going to tell you the same thing. Christ is always preeminent. I, we need to hear this. If we're going to live by faith, we have to believe Jesus is above all, created before all, Creator, not created, was the being before all, created all things through Him. He is the one who has all things. The, the Word says He holds all things together. And He is the head of the church. Come on now. See, when you start feeling hopeless about a situation in our country, Christ is not hopeless. When we don't know the answer, Jesus is always the answer. When we don't know what to say, we can always say what the Word says. Because Christ is preeminent. That's living by faith. I mean, I'm going to give you permission to do something that many in the world and many even church people tell you not to do. But I'm going to give you permission to do it. And that is, in every situation, in every circumstance... Even when you don't know what else to say, say the word. Speak about Jesus. Do you know there are people who say, oh, don't, don't do that. 
People don't need to hear that. Sure people need to hear that. Do they need to hear us trying to make up stuff? No. Do they need, need more arguing? And No, they need more of Jesus. I've heard people say, I've heard Christian people tell me as their pastor when they're going through hard times. Now don't quote scripture to me. Well then don't call for me. Because I really don't have a whole lot else to say. I can give you my opinions. But my opinions are nothing compared to Christ. Amen. I hope y'all are hearing me. I give you permission to share Jesus. I give you permission right now in the midst of division and anger. Share Jesus. Never be ashamed to speak about Christ and that He is above all. I don't care what it looks like. He's greater than all. And all things are in His hands. Verse 21. And I'm going to stop here. Verse 21 and 22. This includes you. So He's above all. And everything. He's reconciled everything. He made peace with everything through the blood of His cross. This includes you. Who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Amen. Let me read it in the New King James. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Amen. That's living by faith. I'm not good enough. I was an enemy. I was against him in my wickedness and my wicked thoughts. But He, the Father, reconciled me through Christ. And now I can stand before Him blameless. Because He took my place. And if my faith is in Him, if you try to come before the Father with any other filter other than by faith in Jesus Christ, you cannot stand blameless before Him. Amen. But through Christ and faith in Jesus, we stand blameless before the Father. We have been reconciled. So we're learning how to choose faith over filters. Like I said, we're going to get on into this in Colossians and in chapter 2 and 3. And then we're going to see some filters the world tries to put on us. But if we get established in Colossians 1, none of the filters coming in 2 and 3 are going to be able to shake us or shape us. Amen. So we are learning to live by faith. Keep that first and foremost. It's about what's reserved in eternity for us. And it's all about what Jesus has accomplished. Amen and amen. We'll stop there. We'll pick back up next.